This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back once more for another edition of The Drop Podcast. As always, I am your host, Lance Descott. The Blues have been very bad this year. They've had periods where they've played very, very well. They've had other times to where... They look like they're not even out there to play hockey. They look like they're out there just to skate around, have a morning skate, get the puck on their stick, not move around much. Not a lot of sense of urgency in this team. And that's only just one part of it. Let's take a look at Coach Mike Yo. Ever since he got his first head coaching job in Minnesota, and now the Blues, we've seen his teams consistently make the same mistakes. I've went back and read articles in uh, the papers up in Minnesota when uh, Coach Mike was there, and I will tell you this. It sounds very, very familiar to what's going on here. He has to be questioned. The coaching staff has to be questioned. This is a thing that starts at the top. No matter what company you work for, no matter what sports team you play for, there's always a leader, and it starts at the top. A lot of people would say that it started at the top with Doug Armstrong over the last couple years. Coach Mike doesn't have enough players to play. If he had some players to play with and uh, get some good lines going, he's going to be successful. Well, what happened? Not this last offseason, but the offseason before we went and got Braden Shin. We missed the playoffs. This year, Doug Armstrong goes all in. Mr. Stillman goes all in. gives him the money to make these moves. Trades for Ryan O'Reilly. Gets David Perron back in the fold. Brings in Tyler Bozak. And the Blues, you think, at the beginning of the season are looking good. But in my personal opinion, things that happen throughout the game, he's not adjusting properly. But you know the good ones? The good ones have a system. They get players in that fit in those systems. But the good coaches, they take guys and put them in situations where they can thrive. I haven't seen Coach Mike do that. Can he do it? Hey, it's possible. Could this be an all-player issue? I guess, but I don't think so. Because the common denominator here is now, since we've went through a lot of the roster change this year and the team's still making the same mistake, what's the common denominator? Same GM, same coach. If you blame Doug Armstrong for this, there's something wrong with you because he's done his job over the last two years. Now, a lot of people will say, well, he hasn't gotten rid of Jake Allen and gotten a goalie in here that can win. Well, I'm telling you right now, I don't care who the hell the goalie is right now. The Blues still would not be winning games. Jake's let in some soft ones, but his team has played terrible in front of him. Then decisions being made and things said by the coaching staff. When asked about Jay Bowmeister and his issues this year and how badly he's played and he's a minus six, Coach Mike says, not concerned about it. I'm not concerned about it at all. Maybe in several weeks from now, if he's still doing it, Mike, come on. If everybody else in the world can see, Jay Bolmeister is falling apart. He wasn't good before the injury of the last two, three years. Just wasn't. Wasn't the guy he was years ago. And it's age. It's nothing against him. He just doesn't need to be playing major minutes. And Coach Mike doesn't seem to see that. 
Then you've got Coach Mike bring up Zach Sanford. Nothing against Zach Sanford. They bring him up because he, you know, he's a plus on the team. Good guy to have in the team. Young guy. Needs some playing time to get more confident. Huh. I seem to remember somebody saying that Robert Thomas needed to be sit down to get more confidence. Which which is it? I, I don't understand this. Then you've got our captain. You've got Alex Petrangelo, supposed, supposed to be top 10 defenseman in the league. And he is a minus nine. He has been terrible. What's it going to take to get Robert Thomas some playing time? 10, 12 minutes a game. I think it's going to take a miracle. Because Coach Mike comes out and says, we're, you know, we've called up Sunquist. We're really looking for some good things for him. He may not be a 30-goal scorer, but there's a lot of offense in him. But you won't come out and say the same thing about Robert Thomas? You won't give him a chance to prove whether you're right or wrong about him. This guy is a top pick that everybody has said is a top pick. And not necessarily a, an all-star every year, but a good player. The way that they have handled him this year is just not good. If you're going to give other guys like Zach Sanford time, Robert Thomas needs some time. And it's really going to hit the fan if when Soshnikov gets healthy, if he brings up Soshnikov and plays Soshnikov and Sanford over Thomas, it's not going to be good. So we've got a lot of issues in this team. The coaching staff needs to take responsibility. The players need to take responsibility. They can say they are, but right now they're not. They really needed to play well in this first of seven home game stretch here against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They came out very, very fast, got a quick goal, and took the lead one to nothing, and things were looking up. Here comes Tarasenko. Walks in a drive. Rebound right to O'Reilly. He fired that high and wide. And set it off the back of the lane by Tarasenko. And he'll take it. And smiles everywhere. A sharp angle shot. He read that the goaltender was off the mark and had a chance to bank it in off his legs. And Tarasenko banks home the first goal of the game as we talk about the battle of the Russians before this one. Shot from the left side. The first chance by Ryan O'Reilly was a good one. So obviously you don't want to waste a shot when a goalie's in good position. But if you know a goalie's not, you have a chance to bank it off him. That's an old lacrosse play right there. And with that power play goal, the Gateway 100 dealers donate $500 to critically ill children. Tarasenko's first goal in seven games. The Blues really came out well, I thought, against the Blue Jackets, and they were rewarded for it. I know it was a fluke goal, but fluke goals are the kind of goals this team needs to get out of the funk. Tarasenko took that puck from the backside of the net, shot it at the goal, it went off the goaltender, and the Blues take a one to nothing lead on a power play goal. That would be Tarasenko's third goal of the year. O'Reilly gets his ninth assist. Maroon gets his sixth assist. Four minutes, 26 seconds in, the Blues are up one to nothing. Past that point, the Blues were still looking good. There were some mistakes being made, but they would get the second goal of the game and take a two to nothing lead which we haven't seen them do a lot this year on a big goal by Jaden Schwartz. Jaden really needed this goal. Hugo's tumbling down. He gets back on his skates. In front of Schwartz, wide open. He scores! Schwartz, his first of the year. Nice pass there by Braden Shen as well, finding Jaden Schwartz. And it is always important to have a, a main cog in the wheel get on the board here. It's 13th shot of the year, as you had mentioned, only his seventh game, no goals. 
And his second slowest start in his NHL career, but it's just a matter of time for Schwartz. It was just a matter of time, and guys, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, a harder worker. One thing you can say about Jaden Schwartz this year, he doesn't take a playoff. This guy's all over the place. Nice to see him get the goal his first of the year. Excellent pass by Shin. Been able to find Schwartz. 12 minutes, 40 seconds in. The Blues are up two to nothing. This would only last for about four minutes or so. Boone Jenner would get a goal that would make this a two to one game in the latter part of the first period. Final seconds, Murray throws it into the slot. Jenner scores! What a pass, and Jenner just sweeps it home. It's 2 1, and the Jackets right back in this one. Well, Ryan Murray, defenseman, skating up ice, head up the entire way here. Chips it to himself. He knows he's got numbers back through the middle, and it's connecting with Boone Jenner. See if Wemberg let this go by. Murray back through. No, Wemberg didn't have a chance to get it, but Jenner gets it. Doesn't even think, doesn't even look. Just whips it off the post, and the Blue Jackets are on the board. Not good to see a late goal, but hey, they're still up 2-1. to one. That goal by Boone Jenner would be his second of the year. Murray gets his fourth assist. Wierenski gets his fourth assist. Power play goal, 16 minutes, 47 seconds in. Now, Columbus did outshoot the Blues in this first period, 14-10. to 10. The Blues started that decline that you could just see coming, that they make a mistake, they take a bad penalty, and something hurts them. Well, it didn't only hurt them at the end of the first period. It hurt them throughout the second period. Columbus came in and just dominated the second period with three goals in just a little under nine minutes. Waving at it with the glove there with Jake Allen could not make the play. Knocked down, Dwarkstrand looks in front, tipped and scores! Duclair on the spot is able to sweep it by Jake Allen who is leading the other way. And the Jackets, after the fortuitous bounce, have tied it up. This shot goes wide, who's gonna keep it in? Scott Harrington plays it behind the net. That's a huge play for the offensive zone. And it ends up in the back of the, the left wing board. Shed can't get to it. Jackets clear it. It's Anderson hustling into the zone. Puts the brakes on. Looks for Felino. Felino Jenner. He scores. And the Jackets have the lead. 3 2. Josh Anderson is going to leave the zone. And he trusts that that puck's going to get chipped to him. And as it does, he's just got speed. And that pushes everything back. And the speed of Anderson, the heads up play to Felino. And then the second wave as it can, the center iceman, Boone Jenner. And he's got two tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Petrangelo, right wing. Jackets, Harrington, good save at the line. Weaving on here to Savard, scores! Inside the far post, he beats Jake Allen, and the Blue Jackets lead 4-2. Well, we talked about Oliver Bjorkstrand a lot, and positive, 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 one turnover. What did you learn from his turnover? Keep it simple. And what does he do on this rush? He doesn't get fancy at the blue line. He chips it into the corner. He's a skilled player. Does he want to do this? No, but he gets rewarded. Goes in, creates this pressure. Scott Harrington again. Keeps the puck in. You got to be brave to do that. You got two Blues players right there that are, want to get the puck out of the zone. Harrington stands in, keeps the puck in the zone, and it looks like that changed directions. First goal by Duclair, a lot of people are going to blame Jake Allen because he slid across the crease and thought it was going to the other side. But that play all started off with the fact that Bo Meester didn't take his man. Duclair was behind the goal, but Jake made the save. Uh, Duclair got the puck, and then Bo Meester skated towards the other side of the net for some strange reason. Duclair walks right in front and scores the goal. No excuses on that one at all. Anthony Duclair is a good player, 
And when you give him that kind of a puck right there, he's going to score. That would be Duclair's third goal of the year. Bjorkstrand gets his second assist. He played very well for the Blue Jackets last night. Harrington gets his second assist, and he had a really good game too. Two minutes, four seconds in, it was 2-2. Two to two. The second goal was just hard work by the Blue Jackets. Lack of effort on the Blues coming back to the puck. Didn't take the right guy. Just too much standing around, too much watching in this team. But you've got to give Columbus credit. They worked hard to get that goal. Beautiful pass from Felino to Jenner. That's Jenner's third goal of the year. Felino gets his third assist. Anderson gets his first assist. Three minutes, 29 seconds. The Blue Jackets have their second goal of the period and have come back from being down two to nothing to take a three to two lead. But guess what? The Blue Jackets were not done yet in the second period. They got their third goal of the period, fourth unanswered in a row from David Savard. Just a beautiful shot by Savard. Panarin setting him up with the pass, his seventh assist. Harrington gets his third assist, eight minutes, 58 seconds in. It's four to two Blue Jackets. You were wanting the Blues to make a statement here. You were wanting them to come back and say, hey, we may have taken the lead. We may have fallen behind. We've not played well since the end of the first period. Let's get something going. And they did get something going. A beautiful shot by Alex Steen, 11 minutes, 30 seconds in, gets this game more respectable at 4-3. to three. And now Shen again. Edmondson involved with Anderson. Blues get it. They score! Steen makes it 4-3. to three. And what a battle behind the play. Josh Anderson and Joel Edmondson. And boy, were they going at it. I thought there was going to be an original call. There wasn't. The play goes on. Those two guys were tied up, and Steen ends up giving this building some life right here. Huge call by Steen. Just a little past midway of the second period to get the Blues back in the game. Beautiful, beautiful shot. He made it look like he was going to pass. Perfect, perfect shot for Alex Steen. His third goal of the year. Edmondson gets his second assist, 11 minutes, 30 seconds in. The Blues have a respectable game. Now, the Blues would get two power plays after this, and they would be able to do nothing. They would get one at the 1448 mark and the 1741 mark, but really didn't muster that much on either power play. And they go out of the second period down 4-3. to three. The Blues did outshoot them 12-10. to 10. This was going to be a statement third period for the Blues. Could they crawl back into a game that they're way down and actually come back and win the game and kind of take over a game in the third period when they really, really needed to. We'd get that answer very quickly, and it would not be the answer that we wanted. The near wall, Maroon hands it right back to Ryan Murray. Barron in front, behind the defense, shoots and scores. What a pass and what a goal. The Jackets restore a two-goal lead. Yeah, and it's neutral zone turnover by Murray, and he wastes no time. He's at the far blue line. Blue Jackets, blue line, and he puts one pass to Panarin. Good idea. Panarin cuts to the middle. He's got Anderson with speed. And Josh Anderson. Patrick Maroon is trying to cover Anderson and get back in the play, and there is no chance. Another inexcusable defensive lapse. Just terrible. Guys letting players just skate right past him. No excuse at all on that one. Josh Anderson gets his fifth goal of the year. Panarin gets his eighth assist. Murray gets his fifth assist. I would say that answer was pretty quick. What do you guys think? 38 seconds in, and the Jackets are back up at 5-3 to three with a two-goal lead. It wasn't over, guys. 
it was not over at all. In the next five minutes or so, they would add two more goals to take a 7-3 to three lead. Incidentally, Murray picks up the second assist on the Anderson goal. He's got a pair, and the Jackets score a power play goal! Duclair with his second of the night. Jenner had the earlier power play goal. Jenner and Duclair each with a pair, and the Jackets now lead 6-3. to three. Well, face-off win, crucial here. Boone Jenner's going to get credit. But it's helped by Wemberg to his right. Wemberg, a little chip pass back. Morinsky always keeps it simple. No traffic. Traffic's off to the side. Maybe that's stick, but I don't think so. That's just a shot that beats the goaltender clean. Seth Jones has joined the rest. Jones takes the pass, moves in, scores! What a pass, Panarin's third assist of the night. Jones joining the rush, and he finishes it. Seth Jones activates as soon as he gets the puck to the forwards. Blue Jackets defensively, a little pop play to the middle. Atkinson's going to kick it wide. He sees shoulder check, too. He knows he's got Jones. He's going to continue through to the net. That pushes back the defenseman of the St. Louis Blues and allows that thin passing lane. Puck across. Seth Jones will take it. And the first goal, Duclair just put it right through Chad Johnson's legs. Uh, Johnson looked like he was going to close him, but didn't close it in time. He showed the five hole. But when you show the five hole and you tempt a player, you got to be able to close it to keep the puck out of the net. That would be Duclair's fourth of the year. Wierenski gets his fifth assist. Winberg gets his fifth assist. It was a power play goal. Two minutes, 35 seconds in. Seth Jones gets the seventh goal, his first of the year. Panarin gets an assist, his ninth. Atkinson gets his fourth assist. Six minutes, three seconds in. The Blues find themselves down by four. Were they done for the evening? Would they come back and win? Well, they wouldn't come back and win, but they weren't totally done for the evening. Just a little over 12 and a half minutes in, Zach Sanford gets his second goal to make it 7-4. to four. Trying to keep it alive. Now for Sanford to Dunn. Right on, save, rebound, and they score. Sanford with the rebound, and it's 7-4. And Dunn and Sanford making a nice play on the left side of the ice. Forehand pass by Sanford. The shot on goal by Dunn, the rebound by Sanford, and there's no celebration there for Sanford. It makes it a 7-4 game, and there certainly is some hope. Sanford hasn't played too bad since they called him up. I know I've been talking about Robert Thomas playing him over Sanford, and I'm not saying Sanford's bad. I'm just saying that Thomas needs to play, but Sanford's played pretty dang good. He gets his second goal of the year. Bozak gets his second assist. Dunn gets his second assist. 12 minutes, 36 seconds in. It's a three-goal game, and that is how it would end. Let's go over and go over the stats of the game before we get into the players' uh, interviews and the coach interview. The Blues had 37 shots on goal. The Jackets, 32. Face-offs, the Blues, 59% to the Jackets, 41%. The Jackets were 2 for 4 in the power play. The Blues were 1 for 3. The Jackets had 10 penalty minutes. The Blues had 12. Hits 14 for the Jackets, 17 for the Blues. Blocks pretty even at 12 to 11 in favor of the Blues. Giveaways pretty even at 5 to 4. Let's go ahead and go to the players first. We're going to hear from Alex Petrangelo. We're also going to hear from Alex Steen on, on just a bad, bad game. Door was closed for a while. Can you share a little bit of what the no, conversation was like? Closed doors. We know we need to be better. Man, I'm tired of having these conversations. Just need to be better. Uh, Alex, what do you think is going on? Well, we're just not good in our 
small aspects of the game. We're giving up odd man rushers, giving up chances that are just uncharacteristic of this group. The small things make a difference in the game now, especially the way every team is built. Every team can score, so we got to make sure we got to take care of our end entirely when our goalie's out to dry. After you guys are giving up goals late in periods, early in periods as well, what's leading to so many breakdowns defensively? Uh, we're trying to score. We'll start at the end what we're going to do, but got to protect, uh, got to protect the time, manage the game, which is what we've done for years here. So um, we're not doing that. Why, why do you think you guys are having so many problems? I mean, there's a lot of talent in this room. Why has it not been able to, to click this? Well, we have talent, but we got to make sure every line's doing the small things. Um, this organization, I mean, we've been built on work for years, so we need to get our work uh, our work back where we want it to be. Can you express your, your level of frustration right now? Just what it's like for you just going through what you guys are dealing with right now? Um, yeah, it's frustrating for sure. I think it's... Um, you know, I don't know what to say. It's 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 not good enough, obviously. And um, you know, we're we're gonna get back to work tomorrow. It's not can't feel sorry for ourselves. I've said it before when we've got through times like this. It's there's no um, there's no easy fix. But the problems that are happening right now are are easy to fix. But the the uh, the work ethic part of it has to be there more consistently. Alex, night after night. A lot of talk about uncharacteristic mistakes. At what point does it become this is who you are and these are the same mistakes that you continue to make? I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. That's not who we are. It's you know everybody knows that. And we uh, you know we we just need to get back to to working. And we're not outworking the other team. They're outworking us right now. And that's why they're getting bounces. That's why they're getting odd man rushes. That's why they're getting chances. And, and the opposite. That's why we get a couple goals, and then our chances start drying up a little bit, and, and um, things like that. But we obviously are going to look at it tomorrow, and you know, we got a day one of cleaning it up. We got to get back to structurally working, what, plain and simple. Sorry. What sort of different approach can you guys try to to go about that work? There's no different approach. It's not rocket science. I mean, the game plan's there. We just got to execute work. We got to get our legs going. You see how difficult is it to have this type of performance on home ice? Yeah, it's disappointing. It's, um, you know, this is a barn that's extremely tough to come in and get two points, and right now it's not, and that's unacceptable. You've been around a lot of coaches. Is Mike's message getting through? You guys just aren't executing it? Yeah, it's not, it has nothing to do with anything going on outside this room. It's just right now confidence is low, and, and when that happens, you can't stop using your legs and working, and we are right now. You guys are giving up a lot of goals in a short amount of time. I mean, what's leading to the defensive breakdowns? Is it simply just same? Work? Yeah, we're not working hard enough. The other team's outworking us and getting chances. How do you get the work rate up? I mean, it's not... They're easy fixes in the sense that we, you can see clear as day what the problem is. So we just, I don't know how to answer that question either. You got to start working as a group. It's not individually one guy can turn this around. All 20 guys need to work in this, pulling the rope at the same time. And right now we're not, we're off a little bit and it's showing. Are things changing? You guys go up 2-0 again. Is that, things change at that point in the work ethic or how you play? No, I think they got a power play goal, didn't they, to get make it 2-1. That gives them a little bit momentum, and that mm -hmm. puts us back a little bit. And, but I don't know. I'd have to look at the game again. Mm -hmm. Are you 
guys fragile right now? I mean, is that a, a word you could use when you guys give up a goal that you, you send, tend to lose confidence quickly? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if fragile is the right word, but we're, um, we're not mentally strong enough right now to consistently play the, the type of game that we want to. So, um, you know, like I said, this is, you know, we can sit here and talk about everything, X's and O's, and it's not about that. It's about work and, and doing it for 60 minutes, and we've done that only once, maybe twice so far this year, and our record shows it. Both of those guys sound very frustrated. I think especially Petrangelo needs to look at himself in the mirror. He has not played well. He has not played good at all. Uh, just bad play by him, and he's supposed to be the captain and league by example. Right now he's not. I think Alex Steen has had a decent year. I know I've been hard on him in the past, but I really can't say a lot of bad things about him this year. I, I really can't. He has had a decent year, and he's as frustrated as, as everybody else. And it's like they said, it's not as hard as it sounds. Put in a system that the coaches can present to the players. Put those players within that system so that they can become successful. It's a two-way street. As I said earlier, some people say this is all Mike Yo's fault. They want him fired now. Other people say this is all the players' fault. They want some other players gone. I understand both theories here. I think there's a little bit of both to blame here. I think you can look at Mike Yo and the coaching staff and say, hey, something's not right here. Why aren't you motivating these guys to play? I think that's... A simple question, but probably not a simple answer. What are you presenting to these players in your game plan that they're not buying into? Figure it out. Make the changes if you're the coaching staff. Players, step up to the plate. There's a few guys that work hard every game. Pat Maroon works hard every game. Jaden Schwartz works hard every game. Braden Shin is Braden Shin. The man's a machine. He works hard every single game, too. Edmondson works hard every single game. Uh, there's uh, O'Reilly works hard every single game. Bozak, for the most part, works hard every single game. Dunn makes some mistakes time and again, but he works hard every single game and he's learning. There's some other guys on this team that just are not, in my mind, working hard and doing what they need to do. Now let's go ahead and get into the post-game interview with Coach Mike and see what he has to say as if, it's going to be a lot of the same thing the players are saying. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys had a lot of good things to say tonight. Um, it's obvious. It's it's an emotional loss. There's no question. Um, it, it sucks to to have a game like that in front of our fans and you know kind of where we're at, looking at the start to our season. Um, I think everyone's frustrated and disappointed and. You know, questions start to get answered or asked, and you know. But uh, you know, the way the way that I see it is maybe this is a point for us that uh, um, something that we can really look at. And well, it needs to be. Bottom line, it needs to be sort of a let's look in the mirror and what are we going to be and how are we going to do it? Because um, it's uh, it was a tough one tonight, that's for sure. Well, you know what? I, we can. I, I would. I think it goes to. We all came in with expectations. Um, 
and we put sort of results ahead of sort of the process of becoming a team ahead of um, you know building our game and building you know with that building confidence in that game um, and now obviously we've been reeling a little bit now um, we've we've had some moments and some games where we see what it looks like we we know the blueprint we we know it's successful when we do it and then obviously we're not sustaining that uh, so we need to use this as another reminder and, and and the biggest reminder and the only one really that we should have that when we don't have that that um, that we're not that tough to play against well I think that it you know what as a coach what you have to do is you have to lead the way obviously and so um, again it's emotional right now so I, I you know, need to take some time to think about it here tonight, how we approach tomorrow. Uh, obviously, push the guys a lot, challenge the guys a lot. Um, you know, bottom line is, is is the only way that we all come out of this is together. <clears throat> so whatever that is to, to, to get the group, to get the players to, to believe in themselves and to, um, to want to do things and to want to play for your teammates more than anything, um, then then that becomes contagious. Then uh, then you become a team that's so tight and so strong uh, that you know obviously no team's going to win every night. But you've built confidence in your game and you built confidence in the group around you. Uh, mistakes happen. Someone's going to cover up for you. Um, you know goals might go in, but we're going to answer back. Whatever the case is, we have to we have to build that right now. Did you the way was the start what you were looking for? You get a yeah, good start. Then, yeah, good start. Um, yeah, again, it's this is uh, hopefully hopefully we look back at this moment and say it was a turning point for us. And uh, and the only way that that's going to happen is if we dig in together. There's there's obviously. Mm, you know, it's normal. It's human nature. There's going to be finger pointing. There's going to be all kinds of questions, and it's hard for us as a group on the inside not to not to do that. But uh, um, you know, I think if we all look internally and figure out what we can do better and what we can do differently, and and how we can add to the group more, and uh, then we'll pull in and we'll pull in tighter and we'll pull in stronger together. The questions, and you know, you understand that some of those questions are going to be about about, about you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Behind you, supporting you tonight, said that you know they're happy to have you as their coach, and they want to make this work, and, and they you know that's the furthest thing from the problem. Was that yeah. to you to hear them? Well, this, this is a group that I really care about, um, and it's a group that I really believe in. So that means that means a lot to me for sure. Um, you know, we're not there right now, but I still believe that we're going to be looking back at this as a turning point, um, and you know, I, of course, that's that's. That's normal. I, I expect that. That heck, my job should be in question right now. You know, that's of course that's that that comes with the trade. Um, but I'm not going to coach to try to save my job. I'm going to coach to try to win a Stanley Cup. Um, and like I said, I, I believe in this group. So whatever we need, you know, every single day, I'm going to try to do that. If I if I believe that that's the right thing, then I'm going to do that. Uh, but I really think that what we need right now is. Like I said, there, there's been lots of trying to 
try to give them heck, lots of try, you know, trying to motivate different ways, whatever the case is. Right now, I think what we need to do is, is come together. And, uh, and so that'll be, uh, that'll be the focus tomorrow. Like the buy-in was there and it was just not being executed or something like this now allow for a full I think I think like I said I think there was expectations I think that there was belief at the start of the year and I think some of that was we felt really good about the acquisitions we probably bought into our own hype a little bit we probably thought that uh, um, you know the moves that we made in the summer and they were great moves we, we, I mean we got really strong players here and, and, and guys who who were and are a huge part of what we got going on, and then we added to that. And then I think that uh, probably we, whether we thought it was going to be a little bit easy or um, whatever the case is, you know, we didn't get off the start that we wanted. Now we don't have confidence, maybe, but uh, nobody's going to give us that. We're going to have to work it way, work our way back for it. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to go rattle off six wins in a row. To be honest with you, it's going to be really hard to pull out of this right now. Um, what we have to do is. Every guy to a T has to understand what our best game looks like, what's needed of them, and just go all into the team. And uh, and when we do that, we'll start to put together 60-minute efforts. And when we do that, uh, we'll start to get wins and we'll start to get confidence. One more were, were you in the room tonight while it was closed, or did you leave it simply for pleasure? No, no, I was in. What's that famous saying they say? If you continue to do the same thing over and over again but expect to get different results, isn't that the definition of insanity? And what concerns me is this. It looks like the coaching staff and the players, I'm not letting the players out of this, a lot of the players are doing the same things. They're making mistakes every game time and time again. And Michael proves right there, he's been asked several times, what's wrong? And he says he don't know. That really concerns me. If you hear other coaches interview and they say, what's wrong? Well, our power play is not doing well. We need to move the puck faster. Uh, our defense isn't doing well. We need to get more rebounds. We need to get guys out of the front of the net. We need to keep the puck on the offensive side, put pressure on them, take the pressure off of our D, blah, 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 blah. They, they know what's wrong. Mike Yoke keeps saying he doesn't know what's wrong, and that's what really concerns me about this situation. Figure it out. If you haven't made these mistakes in the past and you start making them, it should be pretty simple to figure out. Hey, I'm doing this differently. I'm not being intense. I'm not being hard on the puck. I'm not getting this. I'm not doing this. Something's wrong. I'm going to fix it. And if you've been making these mistakes for years, you should know by now definitely how to fix it too. You learn from both successes and failures. You learn what to do differently when you've had a failure. When you lose a game or two, when you don't play well for a period, when you don't play well for three periods, when you don't play well for two games, even if you win them, you learn from the failures and successes. And right now, this team's not learning from either. And so the players aren't learning. But what about the coaches? Coach Mike continues to put Bo Meester out there, who everyone, everyone can see he is not able to play at any type of high level anymore. He's old, and he actually needs to retire. I know the Blues are stuck in a hard place with his contract, but the man needs to man up and retire. I hate to say it, he's had a very good career, logged a ton of minutes in his career, 
was one of the most underrated defensemen, I believe, when the Blues got him from Calgary. He's not that man anymore. He's just not. As Mike Yo learned from his mistake of playing Bowmeister 20, 21 minutes a game, he's not. He talks about how hard it was to set him. Well, why did he set him? If he's playing so well, like Mike said in the beginning, you know, he's really not concerned about it, then why did he set him? Mike Yo knows he can't play. And I don't expect him to throw the guy under the bus, but at least say, hey, Bowmeister's having some struggles. I have confidence that he can get over those struggles. Instead of just saying, oh, he's fine. Nothing wrong with him. You know, if he's still doing this three or four weeks, there might be, but I, I don't think so. Look at the product he's given. He has caused you at least three to four games this year, at least. And look how bad you played. If he wouldn't have been on the ice, let's just say half that. Let's say another defenseman would have been on the ice and the same goal would have been scored. So he's cost you two games. Those two games would look pretty dang good right now in the win column, wouldn't they? I would think so. So I'm not putting this all on the players to learn. I'm putting it on the coaching staff too. And the coaching staff, just by looking at what Jay Bomeister brings right now in his career, should realize, hey, we shouldn't have paid this guy this much. He's hurt. He's past his prime. He can't play anymore. Let's put him in a spot where he can be successful. We're not going to put him on the penalty kill. We know he's been very good at that in the past years. We're not going to do that anymore. No penalty kill for Jay Bomeister. What we're going to do, we're going to put him out there in situations 10 to 12 minutes a game to where he can be successful and limit his mistakes by doing that. So the coaching staff has to learn too. Coaching staff also needs to learn that, hey, I go on and on about Sunquist. I go on and on about Samford. We sent Sashnikov for reconditioning in San Antonio. We've got supposedly the Blues' top prospect sitting games. Let the kid play 10 to 12 minutes a game. Let him learn. Let him make mistakes. Every other player is making mistakes. So get the guy in the game. Learn from your mistakes. Do something different. Put Thomas in situations, and I hate to keep saying it, to where he's going to be successful. That's how he gains confidence. That is all the time we have for this episode of the Drop Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining me. I know everybody's frustrated out there. Hopefully we'll have some good things to talk about here in the future. The Blues take on Chicago, and maybe that'll put a fire under their butts to where they'll play better against Chicago. Again, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and of course, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.